Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome back to another episode of Commas by Bravo. Hey Iz. Hi Em. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Really slow week in terms of episodes. <laughs> I mean, Beverly Hills is over, luckily, and I feel like this was a well-deserved sort of mental and physical break that we really were looking forward to. Listen, I'm not complaining about kind of the calmness, you could say, in the episodes because we absolutely did need a break. However, you know it's a little bit of a dark week when Karen's experience with chickens kind of takes the cake. (laughs) (laughs) They really gave her a full segment about her digestive issues with chicken and cleaning out her refrigerator. I know, but that's because, can I just tell you what it is? I hate to say this. Of course, that's what's going to happen when the episode is centered around Robin planning an event. Like, I love Robin as much as the next guy, but she is not the one that's going to plan this over-the-top event that we're all going to get excited about. No. And it's like, she just is sort of a bare minimum kind of planner and that's okay. Everybody needs their turn. I guess it's the thought that counts. And regardless of how many props or any sort of semblance of organization there was, we still got some drama and conversations out of it. So I guess it really just proves our point that you could put them anywhere and literally just lock them in an empty room or in this case, like an empty field in the middle of Potomac and shit will still go down. Yeah. And we will get into all of that. But before we do Potomac and Salt Lake City, I just want to touch on a few little news things, if that's okay with you. Yeah. I love when we have time for some news. (laughs) This isn't really news. I know we all kind of know this, but this week when Paige and Amanda were on Watch What Happens and Andy asked them if they think Danielle and Lindsay will ever be able to get over what they're fighting about. And they both say no. And Andy looks kind of surprised and he goes, it's that deep. And they both say, yeah, you know, Summer House was wild. I know we knew that, but hearing them say that after just being at BravoCon, and I know we talked about this on the BravoCon recap episode, 
seeing Danielle and Lindsay on the stage together, even though we were way back in the audience, you could feel that palpable tension. And so just to hear them say that, it really solidified what we've been saying and what we've been thinking of like, this shit runs deep. I just think you and I are so invested in this story because we, from the beginning, sort of started realizing, wait, they're not posting together. Danielle made zero comments or posts about when Lindsay and Carl got engaged, but it felt very, very out of character. And as we've seen it slowly get worse and worse, and then to see it in person, hear what they had to say, just like these little building blocks to this season. I mean, by the way, it's enough for me to watch. I just want to know what the fuck happened because I thought that they had a real solid friendship that went so beyond the actual shows that this is just shocking to me. Can I ask you though, and listen, you know how much I respect Lindsay as a reality TV star because she is excellent at what she does, but couldn't you envision a world in which it was Danielle being fed up by Lindsay's kind of selfishness? Because to me, I I just could envision that happening. Yeah. I mean, if I had to guess I would say it had to be something where Danielle was simply pushed to her breaking point. And I think they've been so yin and yang and balance each other out. And I feel like Danielle has put up with a lot and has just understood Lindsay as a person, but maybe Lindsay crossed the line. I really don't know. We could be really surprised. It could be something completely different, but by the way, I know this is like kind of a pivot, but also on that episode of watch what happens live when they were playing like the, who's the most game Amanda and Paige basically said Lindsay is the rudest to fans and that it wasn't necessarily at BravoCon, but that it was other times. And then Lindsay went on, posted about 20 story slides showing herself at fan events and how she showed up to all these lover boy events to meet the fans and that she really loves it. And I guess that she's really disappointed specifically in Amanda because I think they have a closer relationship than her and Paige. And then this is the craziest thing ever. Then Katie Maloney and Raquel are going back and forth about Raquel wearing a Tom Tom sweatshirt and Katie is calling Raquel a fangirl because, you know, they hooked up. It's like a whole thing. And Lindsay keeps inserting herself and she is playing on that and wrote, I love fans. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I love a crossover no matter what, but then to marry the two messy dramas that are going on right now in such a way where they're woven in. Like I couldn't, I couldn't have asked for a better social media interaction. I know. And that's exactly what I was saying about Lindsay. You don't have to like her, but you do have to respect the reality television talent that she is and the lengths she's kind of willing to go for the chaos and the drama of it all. Which, you know, to your point about her being more upset with Amanda than she was with Paige, I wonder what that looks like now that her and Carl are engaged. Like if she has an issue with Amanda and Carl and Kyle are business partners slash best friends. How does that work? I don't know. It's a lot of like tangled relationships between the business elements and the working elements of being on a TV show together and maintaining real life friendships. Like that just seems like a complicated mess with people who happen to be extremely messy that I would not want to get involved in. Like being in business with your friends is already hard enough then to be in business with like Kyle and Amanda. Amanda's also involved in Loverboy and Carl. And then also the show element and having to do press and interact and like rewatch things that people say about each other. No wonder this is such a shit show. And by the way, no wonder that we want to watch every single millisecond of it go down. 
Right. And no wonder that lover boy is doing really well because all of this at the end of the day contributes to the bottom line, which is more attention for lover boy. I mean, the more chaos I have to imagine, the higher the sales. <laughs> right. And the longer that they stay on the show, the more they get invested, the higher ratings there are on the show. It's like kind of an amazing cycle. And I guess that's just what happens when you cast the right people. Wait, you want to know what I, I kind of want to talk about, even though there really hasn't been more reported on this since the beginning? What? Kim Zolciak's house allegedly being sold at auction <laughs> for – this is wild. Yeah, I knew you'd want to talk about this. Emma's obsessed with the Zolciaks because I'm just fascinated by them. It's not obsessed from like the perspective of a fan, although I do happen to find them very entertaining. It's like I just am so – amazed that people live their lives in this way and are so kind of shameless in doing so that I can't get enough of it. Like I I, I really can't get enough. You want to know to me what the glory days were? What? When Kim would do those lives talking about whatever product she was talking about and she would be in her cashmere collections robe, but Croy would be the one setting up the live. So every now and again, you'd kind of get him in the shot and he was like entirely the stage husband. I, <laughs> I, I could never get enough of just their entire dynamic and her obsession with solo cups. And I don't know. I just think they are some of the most bizarre yet entertaining people ever. I will never not cry when I see their wedding vows. Also, you saying her robe just reminded me of this time that Kylie Jenner like posted in a robe that either was that or similar to Kim's like iconic polka dot turquoise. And I was like, what the hell is Kylie Jenner doing in a cashware by Kim Zolciak Bierman robe? You know, like that was just that really made my brain go into overdrive. Well, you got to hand it to Kim and Brielle for somehow making their way to become legitimate friends with Chloe. I mean, they were at yeah. that baby shower and let us not forget it. Brielle Bierman made her way to Chloe Kardashian's baby shower and like her or not, that feels like an accomplishment. Yeah, no, you could retire after that. Okay, <laughs> let's get into this now. We really took a took a wild turn. Okay, so their house, which is that mansion in Alfreda, Georgia, it's five bedrooms, six and a half bathrooms, around 6,900 square feet, estimated at $2.6 million. It is apparently sold at auction for $257,000 after going into foreclosure. And basically, they apparently had an initial mortgage back in 2012 that was for $1.65 million. And then they had a second loan in 2013 for $300,000. So apparently, they failed to pay back the $300,000 loan, which I am very curious what's going on here because you kind of always got the sense that they were living a little bit above their means, or at least that's how it felt, yet they always were able to back it up by maintaining their assets. So this kind of feels like there was a lot of fire where there was smoke. I know. I just feel like I haven't been like in touch with them recently. Like I don't know what's going on enough to say whether I think it could be true or not. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. 
And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the Viral Turquoise Tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Welcome to Nada Yada Island. This season on Nada Yada Island. When we were new, they spoiled me. They even gave me a phone. But then, it's like I didn't exist. Don't take Yada Yada from your wireless carrier. Now with Metro, get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex. Free 5G phones when you join, same deals as new customers when you stay. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Just bring your number and ID and sign up for an eligible plan. After 12 months, trade in and get our best deals on select devices. I got to tell you something right now. Angie's husband creating that Finsta is one of the more mortifying things that I feel we have ever seen from a husband on Housewives. It is so cringe and just him coming on. By the way, I barely know his wife. So here he is. And he's like having his first scene and it's admitting that he created a Finsta called Shaw Exposed. And he was going on and defending his wife, like was making me just die inside. I just could not stop envisioning like our dads. Like, could you imagine? (laughs) That's all I could think about. Like, this is a a dad here that we're talking about that is going on Instagram to create a Finsta to talk shit on his wife's enemies. I mean, this is on like on Housewives. I really was feeling for Seth Marks in this moment because, you know, the hilarious part of it was that Meredith and Seth, who I would say, Generally speaking, if we want to rank them across the scope of all housewives, I would say that they're a little bit more rational. They don't fall into the mm-hmm. overly delusional category, right? And they're sitting here and this guy is really saying, you know what it's like when you're trying to defend your wife on social media. Things get weird and I'm owning up to it like as if that was going to land. And I genuinely was looking at Meredith and Seth being like, I know after this dinner, there is no way you guys are going to be friends with these people. That's exactly the way to frame it is that it didn't land. Like they, when they were explaining it to Seth and Meredith, I think they were waiting for them to be like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. I don't blame you. Like what a good idea. And I think they were just like, huh, last time we go out with these people on a double date, <laughs> it almost felt like, you know, when you're on a first date and someone like drops something and you're like, oh, well, there it is. Like, that's it. I felt <laughs> specifically Seth, but also Meredith like almost squeezing each other under the table, like red flag, red flag, time to go home. Listen, say what you want about Lisa, John Barlow would never be pulling that shit. Never. How, who taught him how to make a Finsta, by the way? Oh, God. And, and Jen Shaw being like, why has he got to call it Shaw Exposed? <laughs> right. He's like, oh, that's what was available. Like, how many usernames did you check? <laughs> No, that was one of the more unhinged things I have ever seen on my screen. I don't know. I know initially we were kind of into Angie because, you know, 
you, you think at first glance, she's going to make a great housewife. She likes the drama. She appears to be wealthy. She's in the mix, but I think I'm out on her. I think I'm out on both of them. I don't know. I'm just not vibing with her energy. No, I, I, she's just really coming in to try so hard and deliberately to stir up chaos. And like, yes, she is doing it and she's doing things that are so fucked up, but I don't know. I don't like, like her Something about her vibe is just not gelling with me, and I feel like she so badly wants to be a full-time housewife, and the desperation is just there, and it's exhausting, kind of. It is exhausting, and that's us as the viewer, so I have to imagine that being her friend, you really start to feel that exhaustion. I can't believe her husband made a Finsta and then just like owned up to it and was laughing about it and thought it would be fine. I just can't get over it. Please, I am begging you to imagine our dads, like specifically our dads. First of all, they don't even know how to open Instagram, but in a world where they actually knew how to use Instagram, they get on there. Imagine your dad searching for Shaw's Exposed and then seeing like, oh, that one's taken, but we can do it with an extra S. I mean, this is insane behavior. And then finding comments and accounts and like pages to leave other comments. I just, I literally can't wrap my head around it. And I just think the other women are going to have a fucking field day about this. Yeah. And I can't blame them for that, which I have to tell you, I know that Lisa Barlow certainly has her flaws. At times she can be very selfish. I don't think she's always the best friend. You know, she has shit as we all do, but I can't get enough of her. Like I actually think I'm slightly addicted to watching her on my screen. But the whole situation with Heather's dad, it was low. And I am a little bit disappointed in Lisa that even after the fact, she kind of doubled down on it. I think she just so desperately wants to seize any opportunity to be proven right that when she saw someone else tweet like these receipts or whatever, she gave receipts and then figured out the timeline was right, even all these months later when it was like almost irrelevant and they were kind of working on their relationship. It's like you got to just sometimes give it up and look at the big picture. Like that instant gratification of proving that you were actually right at last season's reunion is not worth upsetting Heather, who you want to be on good terms with and be friends with, and also moving like 10 steps backwards and while doing it. Yeah. And it was actually a circumstance where I felt I was hyper aware of the show of it all. Meaning a few years ago, pre-Housewives, pre-Bravo, let's say Lisa got into a fight with a friend. Obviously she would never take to social media because she didn't need to get people on her side, but I still think she would never go to those type of lengths just to kind of prove herself right. Whereas to me, this was such a moment where like Everything she knew to be the morally sound and correct thing to do went immediately out the window because she just so badly wanted to be vindicated in the eyes of the public. And I don't know, it was just a moment where it's like, wow, that was a judgment call. And I think that it is so associated with how obsessed Bravo liberties get with wanting that fan favoritism or wanting the fans on their side or wanting to be proven to be a reliable narrator. Yeah, I think it has to exist somewhere in you. Like, I think it was always in Lisa's nature. And I think also just seeing how Meredith has always thought about her, Lisa has always had that side of her. But I agree. I think being on the show and getting fed by social media, it like really just grabs you and sucks you in in such a way where like it 
over exaggerate these qualities or behaviors that you maybe would have done or done them in a more subtle way. And it puts them on this huge scale. Well, now you're like, oh, I can like retweet receipts and it could be a whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. To me, that is kind of terrifying to have some of your qualities that are maybe not the best as we all have. And then no for a fact, you're going to go on this show and they're going to be not only displayed on the big screen, but you're also then going to naturally probably lean into them in the whole process of trying to prove your point. It just feels like a real dangerous road to go down. Oh, it's definitely a slippery slope. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. What do you think about this Justin Whitney thing? I feel really bad for him. And I think that I like seeing these fourth wall sort of breaks where you see the effects of being a housewife and your wife becoming a public figure. Everyone's families of all these housewives are affected in some way. It's a big change from not being famous to being famous. A lot of them were stay-at-home moms. Now they have this income. And then also with being a housewife and that income comes all these opportunities, brand deals, commercials, appearances, like it's really a huge life change for everybody close to you. So I'm glad at least like they're talking about it. Obviously his company where he like worked for so long and was such a core piece of the business, it seems dropping him because of like that scene, which is clearly so set up and like such a just silly attention grab, like them painting and having sex on the painting 
firing him over that seems so ridiculous and i understand how that could like really make you spiral and i don't know i just think it's like it's good for them to at least have an honest conversation about it and i'm glad it's something that we're seeing go down yeah i mean this aside i just i don't know if anyone else is feeling this way and i'm trying to form my thoughts there is this isn't a fully formed thought but i was just experiencing this while i was watching this episode of like as a viewer, I really appreciate Whitney in a lot of ways because she's down to just be an entirely open book. She's down to get messy. She's down to get vulnerable. And I can really, really appreciate that. I I feel she is often willing to put her pride aside. But God, I think it would be exhausting being really close to her, either in a romantic capacity or just as a very close friend. I, I just – I don't know. I Remember how we were saying uh, – I guess it was last week or two weeks ago where it's almost like she's lost the plot. Like in her search for clarity, she somehow creates more chaos. I feel that that is no longer limited to just in the friend group. Like I feel that that is starting to become a theme I'm seeing and I like her a lot. Don't get me wrong. And I love watching her. I just think it it must be kind of exhausting. Yeah. It just feels like a lot. And I guess maybe we're feeling that way or we're more open to feeling that way because even Heather, who I think we trust so much and usually like see from her perspective a lot of things, is also exhausted with her. So I feel like it gives us permission and also like has opened our eyes to see like, wow, maybe it is too much. Or maybe without Heather, the volume is just so loud and Heather was sort of there to like bounce it out and and – kind of turn it down a little bit. That's honestly what I was thinking. Not to say that either of them need one another, but I really do think that Whitney benefits so much from Heather's presence because she tells it like it is to everyone in her life, including Whitney. And not to say Whitney doesn't have people around her that do that, but I I just feel that Heather was a really, really grounding presence. And I feel that you're kind of watching what's happening in the absence of their closeness. It's hard because I think Heather and Whitney both felt it was reciprocal that like there was really no boundary. Like you could say things, do things, call each other out. And that was like your position in life. So for that to be gone and I don't know, maybe Whitney has changed because like this is sort of her ending the friendship. Heather didn't want to have this kind of relationship. Like Whitney was sort of the one who got mad at Heather you know, like, I don't know, maybe it's just a change in Whitney that things are evolving and that she didn't have a capacity for that anymore. Well, current day, things are not well. I mean, from what we've seen, the most recent update, it looks like Lisa and Whitney are kind of on one side and Heather and Meredith are on the other, which is certainly not a circumstance you ever saw coming. No, definitely not. <laughs> I saw a tweet that was like, I am guilty for still feeling that Jen Shaw is likable amidst everything. And I swear to God, I kind of feel that way, meaning no part of me would ever support or defend her or thinks that she is a good person based on everything that she has pled guilty to. But when I see her on my screen, every single time, I momentarily forget about all of that because I am so entertained. And then I remember and I go down that whole path, but it definitely takes me a few minutes every episode because I... I just think she has such a good camera presence. I feel like we're all living in a fantasy land this season. Like Jen decided she was going to run with the completely not guilty narrative. She therefore feels like everybody just has so much pity for her. And she also just like 
I guess the burden and the sadness of other things that were going on in her life aren't really there. So she's just like having the best time. And I guess it's really awkward for us to watch from this lens of like knowing what happens. But in another world where we still maybe thought that there was a chance she wasn't guilty or she was holding up her not guilty, we would be like, oh my God, Jen is like this light, airy, amazing person. Like she's having so much fun. She's being like so rational, listening to the friends, not getting super involved, not getting super heated. Like she's sort of just there to have a good time. And I feel like when we see her, we just sort of like indulge in that. We totally indulge in that because what we're seeing on TV is so different from the reality that we know to be true now. And if you didn't know the current situation, if you did not know that she has pled guilty, you would think that she was a damn good actress. Yeah, you would. I mean, I I honestly have split her into two people in my head. The girl I'm watching on the show who is just like funny and a big personality. And then someone who has this huge trial going on and frauded all these people and is like pretty much going to go to jail and has all these shady comments and things going on. Like I really have separated the two. It's hard to remember that they are in fact the same person. Yeah, which isn't a good thing. It's not something that I'm proud of. And again, the second that I remember everything, I'm immediately brought back to reality. But I would just be lying to you like, and to everyone if I said that. I don't forget about it for a second because she's so goddamn entertaining. Yeah. No, I agree. Like really, if if this never happened, because Andy pretty much alluded at BravoCon to the fact that she will probably no longer be a part of the franchise – If none of this ever happened, I think Jen would be on Housewives for easily the next 10 years. Like she would fully do the Vicky Gunvalson of of Salt Lake City because she's never going to stop. She was never going to leave Bravo until she was kicked out. No, and I think she would find a balance. I think our problem with her in the beginning was like she was trying too hard. She was so studied on Housewives. She was like pulling out all the stops, all the big commotion. And I think she actually would be able to find her rhythm in terms of like toning it down, just being herself and realizing that people are interested and intrigued by her no matter what she does. I mean, obviously she's given us a lot of like juicy shit, so it's unfair to judge, but I do feel like mourning the housewife she could have been because like this is obviously the last we're going to see of her. And I think she could have had potential, but you know what? There's a billion other Jun Shaws out there who haven't frauded all of these elderly people and done some illegal shady shit. Oh, completely. I mean, no part of me would ever, ever, ever stand by her continuing to be on the show. I I think though, what's going to be really interesting, not to get too far ahead, but next season, assuming she doesn't come back, I can't imagine a world in which she does, which by the way, there's a very legitimate chance she would be in prison. But even if not, I think Andy made it very clear that after the guilty plea, they would not have her back. What it's going to look like for the people that have supported her until the end, mainly Heather and Meredith, in their confessionals, in the group scenes, like how are they going to discuss that? Because even with Jen's absence in next season, it's going to be a huge plot point. Well, I'm sure they'll do some sort of montage headlines, the women discussing it, and then I guess they'll just have to move on. I don't really know. I don't know what that looks like. I, I feel like Jen is not so involved in the drama this season that maybe it'll be able to stand on its own and they'll add in new people and things will happen. You know, we've moved on from bigger shit in the past in other cities, but it'll be it'll be um, something interesting for them to navigate. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Shall we get into Karen Huger waging a war on chicken? 
<laughs> I thought you'd never ask. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like, I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them the Fry Family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic non-stick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com promo code CBC. The Academy Award for Best Actress is going to go to Karen Huger for her allergies as soon as Sharice showed up and she saw her face and she needed to have G walk her to the car because she couldn't be there anymore. And on top of that, the commitment to the bit. She did not break character once and that is why I bow to her. Wait, that is so funny, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Because look, I'm not doubting that she didn't really like feel well. You know, I'm sure there was something there. But we just posted a tweet that says, by Ginny Hogan, I think I might be getting sick, but I won't know for sure until I get invited to something I don't want to go to. That was Karen (laughs) Huger showing up to Robin's Family Fun Day. No, quite literally. She she was thinking about taking that Z-Pack and the second she saw Cherie, she she knew she needed it in the worst way. It was like, you know you have an out, you know, like when you don't feel well and you prep everyone, I'm not feeling well, so that as soon as you need to like pull that emergency, like phone a friend, you're out of there. And she oh, yeah. did it absolutely beautifully. Oh, she was using that lifeline. She had G-Walker right to the car. She got escorted out like it was nothing. <laughs> I am really worried about Ashley. This is so hard to watch. It's like, I know in current day, she's 
seemingly doing great. And that's what I continue to hold on to. But watching someone who has continually been, I would say, very open and honest with the audience and very vulnerable. And I do think most of the time has put her pride aside in admitting her reality. It's like watching her still be manipulated by this guy, even when he has shown his true color so many times, is so frustrating to watch because you just want to jump through the screen and be like, he's not it. When she says that it was a hard day because Michael's getting a vasectomy and that it's also because he thinks that she's trying to get pregnant, I nearly lost my shit because I understand like there's probably a a big mental it part of it for her that you know the the door is closed like you are done having children the two that you have will be it I mean by the way I'm pretty sure vasectomies are reversible but still it feels like sort of the end of an era of Michael Darby's balls I guess but. <laughs> Just the fact that that's even like a conversation, anything that's on the table when everyone around her is like celebrating that they're done, divorced, moving out, it's going to be a completely new life for her is like, what is go- what is really going on, Ashley? And I don't feel like she's trying to bamboozle anyone into thinking that something's going on when it's not. But I it just like really made me question like if she's telling us the full truth and also what's going on inside her head. See, to me, I don't feel that she's hiding something from us or that she's not telling us the full truth because if anything, I think I'm continually amazed at her willingness to kind of put her pride aside and tell us the full truth, even though she knows how it's going to be received, not only by the women, but by the public kind of. I think I am just also continually frustrated at this cycle she's in with Michael, which is clearly a very toxic one. I mean, she is still, even while going through a divorce or about to go through a divorce, just really deeply manipulated by him. And it's so obvious to everyone around her but her, which I think is just not a position you want to see any woman in ever. I thought it was really interesting to see the behind the scenes of them putting out the like divorce announcement. It was not only from a PR perspective in terms of like wanting to do it on a Friday and wanting to package it a certain way and use kind of very loving, mutually respectful words, also because of the house part of it, you know, and and feeling that that could maybe impact getting a loan. Right. Like it was so much going on behind the scenes. And I'm glad that she felt like she could just take the narrative and do what she wanted. Like, fuck, fuck him. He's not answering. He's running around. Like, I'm going to put out our divorce announcement and settle it here. That is the thing he does that I have to say is maybe the most frustrating out of anything. Just like the total radio silent when things get rough. It's the most unsustainable model of maintaining any sort of a relationship, romantic, co-parenting, friendship, platonic, whatever it is. It's like, how... How do you have such a little respect for another person to go off the grid in moments when they really need you just because you want to avoid the confrontation or the discussion? It is like such a deeply unhealthy and selfish way to live, and it's something that he continually does to her. Well, the good news for us is I don't think we have to see him that much anymore. Maybe here and there, but I think we really – we did it, Joe. (laughs) We did do it, Joe. We did do it, Joe. You know, just to go back to to Robin for a second – Listen, I'm not saying that I am Wendy's number one fan, but I think Robin's got a lot of nerve to think that Wendy would ever be down to have her kids go to this event when she is not invited. Wait, that was like, that was so wild. That was one of the more delusional things we've seen, especially because the confessionals filmed so much after the fact and Robin was 
She was doubling down on that one. See, I don't think Robin actually in her heart believed that that would happen, but I think she was trying to prove a point. Like it was such an easy way for her to be like, see, I was right because Wendy technically made it about the kids and Robin technically said, well, your kids can come, but you cannot. And then when Wendy said, no, they're not, that's like never going to happen. Robin was able to be like, see, it's not about the kids. And it's like, okay, yeah, technically, did you like prove something Like, maybe, but that's not the gist of the situation. Like, anybody who has any social cues and is looking at this knows exactly what's going down and never would have expected Wendy to release all of her kids, let Candace take them to this day that she is not welcome to, and, like, lose all these hours away from her kids on a weekend for what? There is no world in which any one of the other women Robin included would have done that if if they were in Wendy's shoes. There's no way you're fighting with your fellow castmate and you're going to allow your kids to go to their planned day. There's no fucking way. No one would do that. And I thought that it was so ballsy of Robin to act as though she had a legitimate solution. Like whether or not she actually thought it was going to happen, I almost respected her less for even going there because it was such bullshit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Listen, this episode, a little anticlimactic. We'll get more next week, but that's the thing with Potomac. I don't mind a slow week in Potomac because I still find it enjoyable. This was funny and entertaining, and like I just can't get enough of them. <laughs> never, never. Anything else that you would like to mention about anything? I think that's it. Okay. Well, we will – Hopefully have a more action-packed episode next week. I think this was, you know, a little bit of a lull and and that's okay. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. We need the lulls to get to the peaks. (laughs) I just like want to relive BravoCon. Can I tell you that I I listened? This is like one of the weirder things I've done. I listened, like post-published, obviously listened a million times before it went out, to our BravoCon recap like recently because I wanted to relive BravoCon. You did? I swear to God, yeah. I was just missing the experience. <laughs> I, I actually looked through, I've looked through our highlight a bunch of times. Yeah. Wow. Those are the glory days. But it'll happen again next year. Yep. Can't wait. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. And we'll be back next week with much more, much more things happening, hopefully. Let's talk about baby making for a second, because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find free to fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.